Whether we like it or not, as business leaders, we live in a world where our differences are highlighted daily, where politically and socially, there seems to be an us and them narrative driving behaviours. And in a world that is supposed to bring us closer together, there seem to be forces that drive us apart. There is an undeniable tribalism that is coming out. Every day we are asked to work out which side we are on. And today I am joined by my COO, Krish, and we go deep into this topic. I hope you enjoy it. I'm your host, Andrew Silito. This podcast is a result of my purpose to help ambitious business owners like you avoid stress, overwhelm, and burnout in the workplace. In this podcast, I share everything I've learned about how to grow a profitable business, stay fit and healthy, maintain strong relationships, and develop the right mindset for success. So you can thrive, feel inspired, and work at your full potential. Hi, Chris. Morning, Andrew. Chris, I've always had a bit of a challenge with the grass being greener. I don't know about you, but I was always looking over the other side thinking things might be better over there. But in reality, they weren't always the case. I don't know about you. It's the same. It, it always feels that the grass could be greener on the other side. So yeah. Now, Chris, before we get into the topic, people that are tuning into the podcast or watching this live, they might be wondering, who's Chris? I've never heard of Chris before. So for those that are tuning in for the first time or been listening to my podcast for the last couple of years, might be wondering, who, who's Chris? Chris is my COO. He's our mentor, our counsel, keeps everything just running efficiently. And Chris and I have been having some amazing conversations. We thought, you know what? Why don't we make the podcast about our conversations? And you and I will have the chat. Everyone seems to be liking it. So we're going to start publishing this on the podcast. So Chris, this topic around the green grass there does seem to be something going on around polarization in the world at the moment. Whether we like it or not, as, as business leaders, we seem to be living in a world where the differences are highlighted daily. You know, whether it's politically, socially, there seems to be this kind of us and them thing happening in so many different areas around the world. And, you know, every topic. And there seems to be this kind of undeniable tribalism that is coming out every day, challenging us to say, well, what side are we on? What side are you on? Are you on this side or are you that side? What are your thoughts around that? I think, yeah, the attention seems to be more on those polarizing views rather than things which are binding. Maybe it's just human nature to go and look at the other side of things. So, yeah, yeah. it's the same here in India. Yeah, we find the same thing happening. It does seem to be a global thing, doesn't it? Yes. You know, again, I don't want to get into conspiracy theory, but it's <laughs> as if someone is trying to manipulate the situation in some way through media Maybe it's just the media that's driving it and trying to create this this polarization. A lot of the fake news has also, I believe, contributed creating the hype around it. Yeah, I believe so. I joke in my blog, for those of you that are familiar with my blog, you can go to andrewsilito.com and I go into more detail around this topic. And there are a few things that I talk about, you know, business leaders speaking up about how they're feeling. And we know the data shows us it's not a sweeping statement that Typically, male business leaders tend to speak less about these things and why surrounding yourself with like-minded people, but people that challenge you as well. And we always talk about find your tribe. So I'm contradicting myself a little bit when I talk about tribalism and this kind of polarization. But there is something about finding a tribe of like-minded people, but who still challenge you. So I don't think it's about, it sounds a bit HR jargon, but you know that group thing where we all just agree with each other. And we just empathize yeah. and we just go along with it. We don't really challenge each other. I think there is something about getting people to really think. Is that fair, Chris? That as a business leader, we need to put ourselves in an uncomfortable situation 
where people can feel comfortable sure. to challenge us. Yeah, totally agree because the kind of mastermind that or the kind of leaders that we've got there, very diverse, different backgrounds, and but the trust is built and it gives them the opportunity to say what they have to say and challenge. And we, I think we find ourselves coming up with really good solutions and moving ahead. So Yeah, I agree. There's something about putting yourself in a challenging situation to surround yourself and be coached and peer coaching. But I wonder sometimes if that actually builds more trust. When you are challenged by somebody, there's an element of credibility there, isn't there? If it's challenged in the right way, if it's coming from yes. a good place in a safe space, you know, that kind of psychological safety is set up in the right way that people can challenge each other. All of a sudden, when someone challenges you, you go, oh, actually, that challenge hurt a little bit, but I kind of trust you more because you're not just going along with it with me. You care about me. Yes. I think the safe space is very important for the challenge to work. At RSA, we used to say challenge, but be responsive and support the challenge. Don't just break somebody. Challenge, but support. Right. So, yeah, it's not personal. Yes. It's subjective. It's, for the most part, evidence-based. You know, someone's being challenged, but there's some credibility behind the challenge. And here's something you might want to think about or get the person to think about it themselves and come back with a solution. Challenge the issue, not the person. So I think it's always about the issue than the person. Yeah. Chris, you've read the blog. And yes. I'm very curious to hear what your thoughts are about this particular blog. I don't think it's that different, but I've come from a different place with this one. And I am trying to challenge the status quo, particularly where we are right now and the way the world is. So the culture and the way we are brought up definitely makes a difference and adds to the way we tend to respond or look at things. I think mean, you're referring to that classic poem that we all learn while growing up during childhood, right? You refer to that. That's nice. I think we should ask the audience, actually. I'd love to get people's feedback on whether I'm going to become too politically correct on this one. No, I brought it up. So maybe people in the comments can ask, can say, is it a sexist song? I mentioned this to my wife last night. She said, well, that is what people do. Yeah. That is what it's like. I said, but do you want to be like that? Do you want to be recognized like that? And she said, well, no, I don't. I don't want my kids singing. So the wheels and the bus go round and round. We sing it yes, to our kids, yes. right? Absolutely. I haven't sang it to my kids for a while because they're a little bit more grown up now. I mean, they're five, seven, and 22. But the wheels on the bus go round and round. Mummies on the bus go natter, natter, natter. And I'm sure we used to do this sign with our hands, right? As if they're kind of natter, natter, natter. And the men on the bus go shush, shush, shush. Now, I I find myself (laughs) saying that to the kids. And my wife said, well, I find myself going on at the kids. I said, but is that what we want? to be like is that how we want to be perceived by our kids and is the song fundamentally sexist because it's highlighting that and i don't like things when they go too politically correct i like a joke i like a joke that challenges these things in society but i would love to hear what people's thoughts are on whether it's a, a sexist song and this kind of natter 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 shush you know <laughs> it's one more masculine one is more feminine so anyway because i'm sure there are plenty of men on the bus that go natter, natter, natter as well, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. You know, and plenty of women that go shush, shush, shush. So anyway, that was my point, particularly from a leadership perspective and in the context of, of diversity and, and also not this idea that, okay, because it's the men that have got to man up and that the boys don't cry and this kind of thing. And, and are we driving that too far? That's my point here. So I'd love mm-hmm. to hear your thoughts on that. We find these days is beginning to change even the education. and. Uh, I've worked with more than 3,000 teenagers in Dubai, and we found it constantly over the years. The education system is enabling that dialogue, that change, and supporting men and boys to be more open rather than, you know, just, it's not just the girls can cry, a boy can cry. As we speak, it's changing. 
I think it is changing. But I, even as a father of a son, find myself sometimes having to hold back. And mm. it's not because it feels personal to me. It's just someone else's voice. It's my dad's voice. It's my granddad's yes. voice. It's kind of manifesting out of me. And I hear it. And it's as if standing next to myself, looking at myself, going, what are you saying? You know, why are you responding to your son in that way? And now finding that way to get on the knee and say, it's okay to feel this way. You know, I felt this way when I was your age. You know, it's, it's okay. Maybe 18 years back, I recollect my wife telling me, you're talking like your dad, you know. <laughs> I'm just step back, oh, okay. Yeah. Some things are ingrained in us, right? And we just yeah, have to it's be so aware. And that's why we have to do the work. You know, when we talk about doing the work in the mastermind, yes. it's not just rolling it's your sleeves up and talk, yeah. getting up every day and doing the work. It's the inner work, these patterns that are playing out and why they play out. And I talk about this a lot in the book about how I try and intercept that pattern. My father said to me, you'll never be a cricketer. Like, I couldn't believe my dad was a good cricketer. It just knocked me for six when he said it to me. And then five years later, you know, I was with my granddad, it was after my father had died. And I said to my granddad, I was watching ice hockey and I said, one day, granddad, I'm going to play ice hockey at that level. And he said, you'll never be an ice hockey player. And it hit me so hard because I thought, okay, now it makes sense why my dad responds to me to that because you've been responding to my dad like that his entire life. Like, you'll never be a cricketer. Everyone talks about him still, that he could have been an incredible cricket player, county level, maybe even nice. play for the country. So it was a real light bulb moment. And I talked about this where I've gone too far the other way, where my daughter started skiing. Right, you could be an Olympic skier. You'd be whatever you want. She's like, I just want to ski. Absolutely. And as soon as you picked up the guitar, I'm like, you've got to be a rock star. You know, you could be playing at Wembley. She's like, I just want to play the guitar. Not everybody has to be at this high level. So I probably go too far the other way. And, and I wrote a blog called Leaders living vicariously which you might remember don't do that through my son and let him just play and we went out to the rink there were no coaches we just played on the outdoor rink it was just wonderful because he could just play and be free and do whatever he wanted for an hour without any coach saying jump here go here shoot here you know just what do you want to do and i think it's so important that we allow that and as leaders we find that space in our organizations as well to allow for some freedom to play to be joyful to not take ourselves too seriously I think it's incredibly important as leaders. Absolutely, yes. That's what brings the creativity and the naturalness in people. They can contribute without fear. Yeah. Good. Thank you, Krish. Well, for those of you that are listening and watching, if you haven't downloaded 10 Daily Habits, then get onto andrewsillito.com, particularly coming into the new year. Don't even wait till January 1st. Start doing them. You know, it'll help you navigate Christmas. And, you know, you don't want to come out the other end feeling exhausted. You want to be fresh and ready to go. Always ready. We talk about that one of our core values to always be ready. So go to andrewsillito.com, download the 10 Daily Habits and get on it because it changed my life, changing lives. So simple, so simple. And join us for the workshop on Wednesday. Yes, we're going live on LinkedIn for the workshop where I'm going to be talking through the 10 Daily Habits, how to get clear on your vision for 2022, 90-day reset, and then how to win daily with the 10 Daily Habits. I'll be live for an hour on LinkedIn. Thank you, Krish. Thank you, Andrew. For more free resources and content on how to grow and lead your business and become the best version of yourself, head over to andrewsillito.com.